Custom Car Care. Good morning and welcome. You got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Tis the season of change, Sarah. It is. Okay, so first things first, okay. I want to wish the husband a happy birthday. Oh, well, happy yes, birthday, he's Mr. having himself a midlife Ryan. crisis or a quarter life crisis, quarter I guess. Life? Is I'm he not... a convertible or something? No, he's just freaking <laughs> out about getting older. And I'm like, what's your problem? He's like, I'm not freaking out about it. I just don't like the fact that I'm getting older. I'm like, well, does anybody? So. 40 is is going to be my next milestone. So he's got some room, you know, he's got some time. We're not, we're not even 30 yet, yeah. so calm down. Yeah, 40 is the point where I really started realizing I'm not as young as I once was. Yeah, you know, the got old that lower back pain. Oh, yeah. And I get out of bed and it's snap, crackle, pop uh, as I'm getting up in the morning. Well, I'm not 40, but I do have that too. So <laughs> like, what does that oh, say man. about me? <laughs> I definitely, uh, well done, Ryan. Happy birthday, sir. Now, did you have a good Christmas? You know, it was a low-key Christmas. Went really well. Uh, we did a few different Christmases with the multi-family out there. Yep. So went really good. How about you all? Yeah, we had a couple different Christmases mm-hmm. as well. So we did a lot of running around. Did the whole midnight mass. Oh, nice. So I did not do that. We were very tired <laughs> that whole day. <laughs> so we spent the next couple days just kind of catching up on sleep. But it was a lot of fun. Awesome. And, you know, this is the last show of 2023. I know. Where did the year go? I don't know. You talk about that's probably the biggest thing to to kind of dovetail on Ryan's uh, discussion of getting older. It's time. Like I, I get it. Everybody needs to make a dollar, and you know we're all trying to just keep our head above water. But time is my most valuable thing anymore, and I don't have enough of it. And the older I get, it seems like this year was definitely by far. It started, and now it's over. And we're starting 2024. I feel that because, you know, I'm one of those traditional people whenever we have different holidays. I like to participate in the different holiday things. And Mm -hmm. I just I feel like I have just not had time to do all of that this year. And I don't know why I haven't got it done. I think everybody in it, you know, even folks I see at the shops or, you know, friends and family it's been the same thing it's like holy cow where and i i need to buy some time back i see the appeal of time travel or you know just anything that will increase the efficiency of life in general whether it's tractor or piece of equipment whatever that i can get those chores done quicker so i can enjoy things and you know if you all out there um see it a different way please uh text or message us in i'd like to know what you guys think so you mentioned the uh the tractor and all of that were you out there working the roads and parking lots you know it hasn't been too bad as of yet but i'm gearing up um i do the snow removal for the the company I had been using the tractor quite a bit. I don't know if you've driven by the Fort and Sunshine location. I did, yes. Uh, It was a team effort, but we did the landscaping. Hopefully the inspector goes easy on us. If you're out there and happen to be a listener, we worked really hard on that (laughs) landscaping. I think it looks great. I am extremely happy with the facility, how things turned out. The landscaping worked out well. We've been pouring ourselves into getting the infrastructure inside set up. This week was lift installation week, so uh, our friends over there at Vehicles Unlimited, thank you all, the whole crew, they kicked butt. Um, We've got a little bit more for them to do when some more lifts and parts come in. Um, We're putting in the air system right now, so we'll have shop air, obviously, to service your vehicles, as well as the computer systems. Uh, Kenny has been just 
really amazing, honestly, to watch him work with some of the networking because that's obviously not my strong suit. And we are getting really, really close. Uh, we've had a fantastic electrician. He's a young man in the industry, by the way, in the electrical trade, obviously. Uh, but he has done an awesome, awesome job. So uh, to the folks out there working on the building, the subcontractors, the general contractor, uh, Sam, Sean from Butler Construction, well done, gentlemen. Um, we've had some snafus. We're at the punchless stage, if you will. So we're finding the, oh, this needs trimmed out. This needs sealed. Why didn't this happen? What happened here, etc. And, you know, thankfully, I've had a little experience in the construction trade. Obviously, automotive repair has been my kind of passion since I was even a child. Um, and that's what I always wanted to do was be a mechanic for you know, my entire life. And, you know, 20 years later, I can still confidently tell you all that I still love what I do for a living. And I'm very thankful to be a part of a company that reinvests in our our craft, if you will, or our trade, and really puts us on the map. So some of the biggest things that I've probably been doing recently, as well as I've been there working on the building, trying to help with uh, any of the infrastructure that I can get set up, is showing folks really what this facility is about. And to me, what this new location or expansion of a uh, long-standing location there at the corner of Fort and Sunshine, to me what this says or, or what's in my mind is that this keeps A1 Custom Car Care to being able to service not only your you know, 10, 20-year-old vehicles, 30-year-old vehicles, but your new late model vehicles and the technology that goes along with those late model vehicles. You make and sign on the dotted line a agreement to purchase, or maybe you're able to just pay it outright, and if you can buy a new car outright, man, that's fantastic. Uh, well done. That's a milestone that I don't think a lot of people get to in life. Most of us out there, me included, I make a truck payment every month. Um, to make sure that I've got a decent rig that I can take the family around, as well as my main focus, or well, I shouldn't say main focus, my main focus is the family. Secondarily is I do a lot of towing, and part of the ability to do that towing is for the family that I can pull our camper when we need to. So that long story short, as you have a late model vehicle, the vehicle that you buy now is much different than the vehicle you bought 10, 15, or 20 years ago. And my goal always with a vehicle, new or used, is to get a minimum of 10 years out of it. And obviously, the newer it is, hopefully 15 or 20 years. You know, I've got a lot of customers that bought the vehicle new in, you know, 96 or whatever, 2000. And we're still keeping those vehicles going even back into the 80s and, and, and you know, so on. So really, a lot of it comes down to your philosophy and the commitment you are to protecting your asset. My point with this new location is not only will we be able to service like we have for, you know, many decades at this point, but we will be some of the first in Springfield to be able to do some of the ADOS calibration work, um, some high-end alignments. Um, years ago, when I started with the company, we weren't a full-service facility like we are now. So if you have a vehicle that needs um, an alignment done, we would do front-end work or whatever I would do, and then I would sublet that alignment out to different shops. Well, what I kept running into is I couldn't get a real, true alignment done, and I got pretty disappointed and frustrated. So 
probably in the early to mid 2000s, A1 Custom decided that we were going to be able to bring that in house. So we have. And the quality of alignment that I can say that we put out there is, I'm not saying there's not other shops out there that can perform a good alignment. There are. But it, we don't do what I consider a toe and go. Now, forgive me if you're not familiar with toe, caster, camber, uh, steering access, inclination, toe out on turns, etc. Ackerman angle. Those are all advanced alignment angles. Well, the toe typically is one of the last adjustments made. And so what I would get when I would farm it out, and so essentially I was a consumer, and there's a ton of them out there that are getting this. I would farm out the front end work, or I'm not, we would do the front end work. I would farm out the alignment work, and I would get a poor alignment. I would get somebody that would go in there, not adjust caster, not adjust camber, not check SAI or anything of that nature, sheerly set the toe, center the wheel, and let it go. And I, I just, that wasn't a good practice in my opinion. So we decided and got into doing alignments a few decades ago at this point. And I'm extremely proud of the quality alignments and the alignment technicians that we have pushing the alignments out. Um, they've done an excellent job identifying failed components because typically when you have a car that's aligned, the wear over time is what throws it out of alignment. So when you get an alignment, you're masking worn parts, whether it's sagging springs, whether it's bad front end steering suspension components, etc. So being able to identify what threw it out of alignment, correct that a lot of times puts it right back in alignment. But when somebody just sets the toe and lets it go, I have tire wear issues. I have vehicles that don't return to center well. They drift. They they pull. And we are going to have and do have the proper facilities and the skilled technicians to get your car taken care of. And then if you have advanced driver assist system, lane departure, adaptive cruise, we can take care of that as well. And there's very few shops out there doing it. Sarah and I are going to step into a break. We're going to pick it up on the other side. You're listening to 1041 KSGF. Your complete car care solution. A1 Custom Car Care. All right, welcome back. You've got Sarah and Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. Sarah, you're not going to allow me to be a gloom and doom guy today. You're looking into the future. I am. You just turned my Surrey on. I did? Yeah. I don't know. I I have the power. You did. It just (laughs) popped up. I did not like that. Big Brother's listening. The government is is always listening. All right, 2024. What do you got? Well, we've got some new vehicles that are going to be hitting the market. And U.S. Car and Driver, they have decided to compile a list of the best of the best for 2024. So Hmm. this is pretty great if you are going to be in the market for a new vehicle and uh, I know that I'm gonna allow you. I'm gonna allow you to do it. You're gonna yeah. preach about <laughs> brand new makes and models. I'll so let you do that. Have you driven by a dealership lately and taken notice of like inventory? Uh, it, yeah, it's been a couple weeks. It's they have some. Yeah, it's not as prominent as it used mm-hmm. to be, but it's definitely not like it was oh, in yeah. I would say like 21, mm-hmm. 22. It was so bad then. Yes, it was. So, and I know that you always talk about you know generations of vehicles. Mm-hmm. So yeah. some of these are going to be new, mm-hmm. like new, new. So what is your advice on that? So typically, 
I don't ever recommend buying the first generation of anything. I usually like the tail end, and this could be the first generation of a vehicle or the first generation of an engine, transmission, or drivetrain component. You know, when CVT transmissions came out, they <laughs> the dependability is pretty much in the toilet. They've gotten a little better. They're not great yet. Um, the first generation of vehicles, typically you are being beta tested or you're the beta test at your expense for that dealer. Does that make any sense? It does. So usually the third generation or later is what I'm shooting for personally when I'm recommending or if I'm in the market for a vehicle. All right, so this is what U.S. car and driver has to say. So trucks, SUVs, and everything not cars are the market's preferred body styles, mm -hmm. and our annual 10 Best Awards celebrate our favorites in this sprawling category. Again, this year, we've separated out these vehicles to give them their due. Mm -hmm. Over a two-week period, we bring together last year's winners to face a slate of new contenders with a price cap of $110,000. Now, our team Only of... Only 110? Exactly. Holy cow. Out. Yeah, we don't go past that. You know, that might be a little unreasonable. But oh anyways, they say uh, their team of editors evaluates them all. They drive them back to back over the top 10 best loop. And then they include last year's winners rather than concentrating only on what's new results in a comprehensive list of the top choices among trucks and SUVs. So this is what U.S. Car and Driver says are their top 10 choices. The Chevrolet Tracks. Are you kidding me? I am not. That is their, one of their top vehicles. I'm uh, not a fan of that vehicle. Well, we're starting out strong, I know. aren't we? I, I, I'm going <laughs> to try to be positive here. The next vehicle they have is the Ford Maverick. You know, that vehicle, and you guys are going to think I'm just a Ford fanboy, which I am. So, you know, whatever. Uh, that has been a very popular vehicle, and I think it fits... Uh, kind of a niche market. What do you think? You, are you a fan of the Mavericks, the the micro truck, if you so will? So I don't know too much about it. I know the husband, he is pretty much in love with it. Oh, really? And he, he always com makes a, a comment. Ford Ranger He guy. is. Now, he was making a comment about the brand new Ford Rangers and the Ford Maverick. He mm -hmm. feels like the names on them should be switched. You know, he has a real good point there. That makes a... Because the new Rangers are big. Yeah. They're a, a I'd, they're going to rival a half ton chassis. I mean, they're a a large, and the Maverick. You're right, is a more in line with the traditional side. Yeah, Ryan should get into Ford. Should hire Ryan <laughs> for their marketing department. And maybe we can bring back square body vehicles <laughs> oh, while we're yeah. at it. There we go. I love me some square body. <laughs> yeah, maybe we could get him in there for that. <laughs> now the next vehicle, I don't believe I have ever heard of. So maybe I'll do a little bit more research on this mm -hmm. brand. Uh, maybe during the break, but you might know the Genesis GV70. I'm somewhat familiar I've with I've never that. heard of Genesis. Um, I think it's a division of Hyundai Kia. And, and don't quote me on that. I could be very wrong on it. But um, I did do, while you're doing some uh, Google research over there, mm -hmm. um, I'm sure you've heard of the company called Stellantis. Yes, they own Dodge. They did. And they. I didn't realize, I knew it was fairly recently, but it, what I could see was in 21, they merged with uh, Fiat, Dodge, yeah. and, and all that jazz. What I was doing research, and I, I was almost going to text you this, there's a gentleman that kind of does a similar rundown of what you're going over here, but it was the worst vehicles. Ooh. And like 
Chrysler products was almost half of that, as well as he did a video on inventory, uh-huh. available inventory, and the Dodge, uh, I'm sorry, the Ram 1500 had the most inventory of any car line across brands, not just Dodge, that basically they had a giant surplus and those trucks were not moving very well, Hmm. which is what his point was, is they're just not selling. And then his dependability was very poor on a lot of those. Um, They were some of the least dependable vehicles produced. Do you think the reason why they oftentimes get poor ratings is because of how many uh, owners they've oh, yes. had in the last, I don't know, 10, 20 years. Absolutely. And then what compounds that is, so when Mercedes had a vested interest in there, they were putting a lot of Mercedes parts in there. Yeah. Well, now that Mercedes doesn't have it, those vehicles that break with Mercedes parts, I'm having a hard time repairing those vehicles because they're just not available. Yeah. And, you know, as it's gone through when it was Daimler Chrysler, then a private company, then... Uh, Mercedes got involved and then Fiat's got involved. So now there's a bunch of Fiat engineering and parts on those vehicles that I'm not a giant quality control person for Fiat either. Pretty disappointed in a lot of their stuff. And now we have Stellantis involved. So the technology and the engineering teams have shifted and I can see that how or at the point of repair It really, a lot of it disappoints me. A lot of it's very frustrating, the fact that there's not a consistent engineer team on these vehicles. So when I'm doing repairs, it's like working on different makes and models, regardless of what the emblem still says. Right. I looked it up for this Genesis. Mm -hmm. So Genesis is made by Hyundai. Mm -hmm. So you were correct. Genesis is Hyundai's new luxury vehicle division. And while fairly new, every new Genesis... Genesis model is made with precision engineering to deliver unrivaled levels of reliability and set a new standard for sophistication. Mm. That's what it says about that. To compete with the luxury market. I guess so. So, for all my Hyundai, Kia, and now Genesis folks out there, I actually like those cars. The engineering that goes into them is typically pretty good. The repair and support is decent. Uh, cost of ownership isn't horrible, with the exception is Hyundai and Kia is having major engine issues right now. Mm. And even if they're very, very well cared for, and I'm speaking from personal experience with several vehicles, 60 to 100,000 miles, a lot of their vehicles from probably 15 on up are losing engines or drinking oil like it's going out oh, of style. that's not good. I fall in that category. Yes, I know. I'm and scared. I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. The availability on the replacement engines, even though they've extended the warranty way out, uh-huh. they're sitting over there for months because they're waiting on motors. What a mess. I uh, know. Well, maybe I need to bring it in and just let's maybe do an evaluation, do you think? So there was a campaign from, and I don't know whether your particular engine we'd have to look, falls in uh, a campaign is basically something Hyundai and Kia or any manufacturer says, hey, we see a problem. Uh-huh. We're going to bring it in and you have to do that at the dealer level. And they would bore scope and look at certain things inside that engine to see if there mm. were cracks or excessive wear, etc. And then thankfully, uh, in my opinion, they did a good job. They extended out the coverage on it. So instead of just a 60,000 mile uh, powertrain warranty or 30 or unlimited, whatever you have on, uh-huh. on your deal, they extended it. So if God forbid you do have an issue, they're still going to cover it That's on a good. lot of vehicles. Now, actually, it's funny you say that. I got a letter from Hyundai 
I think it was yesterday. I hadn't ah, opened it yet. Okay. So maybe that has more information on that. Possibly. I'll have to open it and then um, maybe I'll send a picture of it sure. to you yeah, so please. we can chit chat yeah. about it. We want to make sure and keep Sarah and the family moving in the uh, family mobile. Yeah, that is, I would not like to be broke down <laughs> no. because I will call you. <laughs> so, And please do. So, you know, Miss Macy, her uh-huh. and I have worked together for many, many years. Uh, she has taken immaculate care, bought her, she's a single, uh, first owner or whatever, bought mm-hmm. her car new. Um, we have cared for it. She's done all the Kia things and gone through it. Um, I think it's been a couple of months back. She's driving it and, you know, she doesn't hot rod it or anything. Motor just locked up immediately. Oh, man. And so got it over there. It was there a month or two. They got an engine put in it. I think she is driving again. So well, like I said, personal experience, even regardless of care or maintenance on these vehicles, you got to make sure that you're kind of jumping through the hoops. So if you're in that bad engine category, um, we get you taken care of. Perfect. All right. We're moving on. All right. Honda CRV. I love those. Do you? I love those vehicles. Yeah. So I, why, what do you like about them? So the engineering that goes into those as far as uh, like forethought, the engineers typically do a really good job at Honda. Mm. And so working on them is more um, pleasant, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, they have some idea that some fella or lady is going to be working on this thing for service and they, they incorporate that in there. So usually labor times are better on those as far as not being engineered where it's 75 hours to change the oiler. And I'm being a little dramatic here, but, um, part availability is good. Support is good. Quality is very good. I mean, usually most mechanics take a lot of pride in being the craftsman to keep the rig going. And it's a lot easier to keep a good engineered vehicle going than it is a poor engineered one. Uh, to the point that years ago, my sister needed or wanted to get into an SUV market. I found a deal and got her a blown up one. I put an engine in it. She drove the wheels off that thing and then sold it. And as far as I know, it's still driving. Dang, that's pretty good. Probably three, maybe 400,000 miles. So, uh, those vehicles really take care of the owners. If the owners even remotely take care of those vehicles, but Sarah and I are down at the bottom of the hour. We're going to pick this up on the other side of the break. You're listening to 1041 KSGF. We'll be right back after this. Your complete car care solution. A1 Custom Car Care. All right. Welcome back. You got Sarah and Dustin. We're going through the, uh, what the, was it? the uh, best uh, car. The best? No, the best trucks and SUVs I'll for 2024. I also have the best cars <laughs> that we'll briefly run through. Okay. Uh, okay so if you missed the last segment, uh, we've got the Chevrolet tracks. You are not a fan no. of Ford Maverick. You said, mm-hmm. okay, yep. they're all right. Genesis G V seven zero. We were like, well, eh, we're not too sure. Cause we don't know a lot about them. Right. The okay. Honda, CRV, which love it. you love it. The next is the Hyundai Ionic 5. That is first generation for sure. Okay. So, it, well, mm, it's a sharp looking little vehicle. They have been talking about that concept for a while. What do you think the storage capacity in that? You think they <laughs> So, it lo- so I have a Hyundai. I I do like my little vehicle. The only thing that I want to complain about is uh it's a crossover. Mm-hmm. You would assume that it would have some storage because it's supposed to have, you know, some capabilities that an SUV would. Yep. However, they really gypped me on storage. And so I don't know if the Ionic is a crossover. It kind of looks like mm-hmm. one. So if you are looking at that, I recommend when you do your test drive, 
to make sure that you're going to have enough storage, especially if you have little mm-hmm. ones or even um, middle school, high school kids. Especially. That you, yes, because at some point you're probably going to be hauling friends around. Mm-hmm. You're going to be hauling groceries, maybe a stroller. Oh, yeah. Sports yeah. stuff. Like exactly. I know with my boy, he's got a giant football bag half the year. Exactly. So you want to make sure that you're going to have room for that. And then if you have to make a stop on the way home, make sure that you can handle both items because my car, it can't really. So I, how many, and I, don't, I am going to interrupt. I was going to say, I okay. don't mean to interrupt. It looked to me like you could fit like four grocery bags in the back cargo area. So I have to make sure that I don't have the stroller for the oh, little one too. in there. We have one of those. I would consider it a more, uh, it's a higher quality Mm -hmm. stroller, but it does take up a lot more room. And so I have to take that out if I'm going to go and get groceries Mm -hmm. because I can't fit both. Now I can probably fit, I go to Aldi, so I use like the actual, me too. I use the recyclable bags. And so I can probably fit maybe five or six of them in there. Wow. So if I'm buying like a month's worth of groceries, uh, it typically... Uh, it fills the back of the storage compartment, and then it also makes its way into mm-hmm. the back seat as well. Yeah, you don't have any choice. That's yeah. all you got. So, so not to deviate from this, but have you seen those? Um, oh, I just had the name of the Wonder Wagon strollers. You know what? I got something similar to that for Christmas this ah. year. So it's the um, it's the red. Radio Flyer. Radio Flyer. <laughs> I'm, I'm a kid of the 80s. Yes. The radio Flyer was a big so, deal. Oh, my goodness. No, so I, I got one of those, and it's kind of, it's very similar to the okay. one that you're talking about. So we have the Wonder Wagon, and it folds up. But it's heavy and very bulky. I mean, we do, darn near have to have like a full-size three-quarter ton SUV in order to all, all yeah. stuff around. So it's more important than I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, Next on the list is the, (laughs) I have a feeling you're not going to agree with this Uh one. It is the Kia EV9. Oh, yeah. So (laughs) you guys can hear it in my voice. Sarah and I have been talking about this for a couple of years now at this point, that the technology's there, the cost and, you know, cost of ownership, long-term use of an EV (laughs) just isn't there. And you can see it now. It's almost like the manufacturers maybe tune in and listen to Sarah and I's show they are pulling out of the EV market. They are downsizing the Ford Lightning uh, production. They're running limited numbers. The government has pulled out a lot of the money that they said they were going to give to these manufacturers and didn't, thankfully, because it would have been a big waste of money, in my opinion. But when you look at and do any research online at the most unreliable vehicles... The EVs uh, are usually 50% of those lists. So... Uh, if you're going to go that, go hybrid. Toyota hybrid probably would be one of the better manufacturers of that kind of a vehicle and very little emissions. So like if you are somebody that is just absolutely wrapped around the axles of emissions, there's better options. Um, you know, maybe it's just a status symbol to, t- status symbol to tell people that, oh, I have an EV and mm-hmm. I have zero emissions. And if that's your thing, you do you. I, I, that's not going to work for me and my lifestyle. If I'm even interested in that and I'm still going to wait many years, I'm going to go hybrid on it. So some of the things that Kia is touting about this Kia EV9, I was just kind of curious sure. about it. So they estimate that you will get a range of 304 miles. They also can apparently tow up to 5,000 pounds. 
and for probably like 30 miles uh, yeah it doesn't clarify yeah, that there's a huge difference um, and then it says that they have seating for up to seven adults so well, and that's kind of nice yeah and it says that you can now it's got all these little stars but mm-hmm. it says that you can do the fast charging in 24 minutes um, it's got a 10 year 100,000 mile warranty especially for the battery mm-hmm. and then it goes 0 to 60 in 4.5 seconds the torque out of an electric motor is immediate so. it is you know what it it was one thing mm-hmm. that I did actually enjoy when I was driving an EV. Yep. It really, there there are some pros to it. So, I mean, it's not that I just want to be a hater on all this stuff. It just financially and technology-wise, it's just not there. That's right. All right, next on the list, okay. Kia Telluride. Have you seen those? What do you think of those? They're getting very popular with families. Yeah, you know what? I don't think I've ever seen one before. I know a lot of folks that have them. I see them all over Springfield. I've worked uh-huh. on a couple of them. Uh, I like them. Are they like a larger SUV? They are. Yeah, okay. they usually have a third row, I'm pretty sure. Not that I sit in the back seat very often, <laughs> but uh, they have been, a. it's almost, I guess, a trendy or more stylish uh, family. I don't want to say minivan, but uh-huh. it's almost replaced that minivan market, if you will, that there's not a lot of options on minivans at the moment either, or good options. Right. So the Telluride, that's a pretty good rig. Uh, next on the list is the Porsche uh, Macan. I believe I pronounced that correctly. Mm, Macan. I'll take your word for it. Okay. I, <laughs> that's not my jam by no means. Um, I'm not a big fan of the Porsche. You know, those are a very married um, Volkswagen relationship. Mm-hmm. I believe that's the parent owner of Porsche or vice versa, however you want to do it. Um, probably not my first pick, honestly. Next on the list, mm-hmm. feel like you'll probably have something to say about this, okay. is the Ram 1500. Yeah, I wouldn't buy one of those. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just my take on that one. And finally, the Toyota Grand Highlander. Oh, anything Toyota puts out, um, usually a pretty big fanboy of. Which, you know what? I'm going back over the list mm-hmm. to make sure I'm not a liar. Mm-hmm. That was the only Toyota mm-hmm. on this list. Yeah. The thing about Toyota that I like is they don't deviate or they don't have a new a new car line just willy-nilly. Uh-huh. You know, it's not like, oh, you know, we're going to rebadge this from whatever to something different, but it's yet the same thing. Like um, Ford did it with the Ford Taurus and the Ford 500. It was uh-huh. essentially the same car. They didn't sell well because they changed the name. And so I think they only made those for a couple of years and then they went right back to the Ford Taurus. Yeah. So, you know, Toyota and Honda typically don't throw out a lot of new car lines. They just continue improving what they have, which makes sense to me. I am reading about this. So fun fact about the Grand Highlander Mm -hmm. is they are a hybrid See, not a bad idea there. If I was going to get into that uh, electric market, electric over ice, internal combustion engine, that would be a better option for you uh, long term and still have some resale value down the road. But uh, we've made it through the list. We're going to pick up the cars, I believe, on the uh, next side of this break. Your complete car care solution, A1 Custom Car Care. Okay, welcome back. You got Dustin and Sarah. We have made it through the truck and SUV market. What do you got on the car? That's right. U.S. Car and Driver, they also made the 10 best cars for 2024. So let's get into that. Uh-huh. So remind you that these are all vehicles $110,000 or oh under. Oh my goodness, yes. So the number one is the Acura Integra 
Type S. You know, I like Acura. Yeah, really? They do a good job. Hmm. Really, really do. And this is a nice looking little car mm -hmm. as well. Yep. The next on this list is the Cadillac CT4V Blackwing. Hmm. GM's struggling right now in dependability in my book. So probably not going to think that Cadillac's going to be probably Yeah, but the one the that they posted is gold. Oh, it is gold. <laughs> they probably want price of gold for that. They probably do, but, you know, I don't think it's too bad looking either. Cadillacs have been pretty good up until 100,000 miles or 10 years. Okay. They're, they're more what I would consider like... Uh, the European market, those vehicles are really good gotcha. for a short amount of time. And then they are a complete, absolute money pit. It's kind of like buying a boat. You will throw every dollar you ever made after that in it. So if you don't like the Cadillac CT4V Blackwing mm -hmm. on this list, you it's... probably won't like the Cadillac CT5V no, Blackwing. No, probably same thing. <laughs> They're stylish vehicles. They really They're are. They're good looking. They run good. Repair costs is big bucks. Hmm. But they don't make a lot of cars anymore, so this list is going to be pretty slim pickings. I, I believe so as well. Because uh, like we mentioned in the trucks and the SUVs, that's the market's preferred body style yes. is, is the trucks and the SUVs. A lot of manufacturers are, you know, slimming down to one or two cars and yeah. that's it. Next on this list is the Corvette or the Corvette E-Ray. E-Ray. I think that's a, a I don't electric, know. I'm going to have to look it up. Correctly. The bummer about this list, and I know that they put a little bit more details on mm -hmm. their actual website, but the way that it printed out, it's only got like a little read more yeah. underneath it. And I'm like, well, dang it. So, you know, listeners out there, if you don't mind, I would really like your guys' feedback on this because Dodge is doing this, Ford's doing this, obviously GM's doing some of this. They're muscle cars, so that would be the Corvette, obviously, the Challenger, Charger, Mustang. Um, those vehicles, they're transitioning over to an all-electric vehicle. Now, maybe I'm just old school, but if I buy a muscle car, I want an eight-cylinder sound, response, reliability, performance. I want to know that I'm driving a muscle car. Now, with due respect to Tesla, those cars run crazy, and their 0 to 60 is nuts. Not to mention the new Cybertruck out there that raced a Porsche towing a Porsche and won. I got to give some props out there. So this is not me just being a hater, so I'd like to know what you guys think as well. But if I'm buying a Corvette, it had better sound like a Corvette. It, you know, I don't want an acoustic sound. I don't want the V8 sound faked through the radio. I mean, it is kind of neat on some of those cars that you can dial in uh, a Ferrari sound, a V8 sound, et cetera, et cetera. That's cool. But I want a muscle car. So Dodge out there that is eliminating their Hellcats, their Red Eyes, uh, with a V8 Hemi-powered just monster under the hood. That's what I'm interested in. And, I, you know, I pick on Dodge a lot, but I'm telling you guys, they're, they're, their Hemi is a real deal. Do they eat camshafts like they're free? Yeah. Do you have to pull the cylinder heads in order to do that? Yes, I know there's some cheats out there, but I don't, I don't cheat on cars. Um, yes, but... Those eight-cylinder, high-horsepower, forced induction, I mean, those are fun. That'll put a smile on anybody's face. Even if you're probably a tree hugger out there, you're going to love the driving a V8-powered, especially forced induction, late model, idles well, 
remote start, keyless entry. I mean, all the bells and whistles and still have, you know, a sub 10 second car. What so are you telling me over I'm going to I'm going to ask a question Hi. and you probably were explaining it while I was reading this, but I'm going to ask it. Okay. It might be self-explanatory, but that's OK. I'm going to ask it anyways. Yeah. I'm on the uh, Corvette E-Ray's website. Okay. So it says take on the conditions designed for year round performance E-Ray and it's electrified all wheel drive capability is always up for a challenge, whether it's snow or rain. But mm-hmm. this sophisticated supercar wasn't created to take on Mother Nature alone. With technology inspired by the C8R race car and F1 Limans, Limans, I think that's how mm-hmm. you pronounce it, prototypes, it's made to take on the greatest cars of the world. Then it goes on to describe the engine. So it's described as an L2T V8 engine. Okay. So... What is so? So this will be a hybrid Corvette. Okay. So they're going to run a generator, and then it sounds like they have electric motors at each wheel. Um, which you know, Teslas aren't at all models are not at each wheel. Some of them just have, you know, two uh, electric motors propelling them. That car will probably handle really well, and it'll probably do zero to sixty. It does still have a V eight internal combustion engine, but it's going to drive a, a generator for the battery. Yeah, packs. I got confused when it was talking about the electrified all wheel drive, mm-hmm. but then it was talking about the eight speed dual clutch transmission, yep. and then it was talking about the the V eight engine. Mm-hmm. So it was like. But it doesn't say technically that it's a hybrid. hybrid. Yeah. yeah. That's sure what it sounds like to me. Uh, obviously, that's a new production. Typically, in the aftermarket, I don't see vehicles until they're out of warranty. So depending on if it's a three-year, five-year, 10-year warranty, if the cars break, they're going back to the dealer because it's a free repair. Um, so I don't see them because they're not going to want to pay me, which I have had that happen. People have paid just so I would fix it, not the dealer. So Gotcha. Next on the okay. list, Honda Accord. Oh, yeah. You can't beat a Honda Accord. Yeah. You want a dependable, safe vehicle, Honda Accord's it. Well, then I think you'll probably like this one, too. Okay. It is the Honda Civic. Of course. There you go. You, uh, are you entering adulthood? Honda Civic is a great option for you. If you have a child, it's a great option. And if you just want a rock-solid, dependable vehicle, even regardless of age, uh, that's a great one for you. The next, I feel like we talked about this, I don't know, a couple shows back, mm-hmm. and I feel like I looked this up, and... Can't remember what the answer was now, but the Lucid Air Pure is the next. We did go over some of that. Wasn't that the one that was like specifically sold in California? Yeah, I think so, because I am very unfamiliar with that, but I have no desire to do business. Um, And I know California is a beautiful state, but because of some of the governing actions that they do out there, I just, you know, I don't see the appeal. I love being here in the state of Missouri. Um, Really appreciate a lot of the uh actions that uh, are taken or not taken actually the lack of over uh micromanagement of life here in missouri i appreciate that a bunch so we're probably not doing the california thing the next on the list is the porsche 718 boxster cayman so i have done some porsche work over the years um the thing that I notice with Porsches, and I actually have a Porsche-trained uh, technician, Mr. Wayland out there, does a really good job for us, um, as well as Volkswagen, uh, etc. But uh, they're basically uh, uh, glorified Volkswagen for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's now the Boxer; it, it has had a long-standing. Uh, my love for the Boxer or Boxster. Uh, was Bad Boys back in the day with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. That pretty much put them on the map when I was a kid. So there's a tie for this next one. 
Dun, dun, a dun. tie, you say? Well, I'll tell you what they are. Okay. The Subaru oh. BRZ and the Toyota oh, yep. GR86. So I'm a Subaru and Toyota fan. I like them both. Yeah. They, I, the other thing, and I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say the silent part out loud. Subaru and Toyota owners, I really like jive with those people quite a bit because they like or love their cars. Yeah. Like the Subaru thing is, it's almost, and I don't want to say it's a cult. I don't mean that in a negative way, but once you own a Subaru, a lot of times people stick with Subarus. Um, I have one of my most favorite people, uh, Joe and Pam, they're my neighbors. They have a amazingly well-kept Subaru and they drive the wheels off that little car and they really do love their Subaru. And in my experience, most people that have owned one love it. Uh, Toyota's not as big of a deal, but they're still very much loyal to Toyota brands. I feel like you could also compare that to like Jeep owners. Yep. yep. They love their Jeeps. Yes. I have owned many Jeeps over the years and I see the appeal. They break down a lot, um, <laughs> but usually to those Jeep owners, they don't care. And honestly, I could say I can see why because the driving experience is totally different in a Jeep. So the final one on this list mm -hmm. is the Toyota Prius. I throw a lot of stones at hybrids, uh, and obviously that's not an EV. The Prius has been the flagship one in that market, in, in my opinion. Yeah. I've seen them with a half a million miles on them with, you know, some repairs, battery packs, etc. cetera. Um, we do Prius work. I've got a couple of technicians that really enjoy working on them. Um, if you have one, you need to reach out probably to Annie at our Sunset location. I've got a tech there, Darren, is top shelf. Um, we do quite a bit of work on those. Prius owners really love their vehicles as well. They get great fuel mileage. Drivability is decent on them. That electric motor really kicks in and, and performs well. 30, 40 miles to the gallon, and not a ton of breakdowns. Um, I had one recently that I was doing a little diagnostic work on. It had a bearing out of the generator portion of the transmission, but even a replacement for that was pretty reasonable. That Prius had 500 plus thousand miles on it. She had put a few battery packs in it, but other than that, she had not done a ton of work to that thing. So that's what I'm looking at for value when I talk about whether a car line is or a make and model is good or not is how many usable years and usable mileage can you get out of something to get your return on investment? Because we're all trading dollars for time, typically, and time is a valuable asset. I don't care what you do. So if I'm trading my time for dollars and then I'm trading those dollars for a vehicle, or I see you as a customer doing that, I want you to get as much out of it as possible, which is kind of why Sarah and I do these shows. Right. So I was looking up the just facts about the Prius yeah. so it's going to be funny that I say this but it's relative, relatively uh, reasonable it starts out at 27000 yeah. for a brand new that's that's a if I'm going to put some money out there versus the Chevy Trax that was in our earlier segment I am going Prius all day long I did see a funny video out there now I do not recommend doing this but it was an older Prius they welded a gooseneck plate that typically is in the bed of a pickup mm -hmm. to the roof of a Prius. Oh, Lord. Now, the Volkswagen Beetle, because of the structure, I'm talking the old Beetle, the mm -hmm. new one would crumble up like a beer can, but the old Beetle actually had a model that had a gooseneck ball that was capable 
of the structure of those and they would have a camper that you would tow with the old beetles you can oh. look it up online they're super cool um, but that's basically what they did now this was a gag and they towed around like a probably looked like a 30 plus foot tandem axle dually trailer it did cave the roof in but they were able to pivot that Prius completely under the gooseneck or a portion of the trailer to drive that vehicle backwards. Well, believe it or not, we are officially out of show. If you're Aww, out there, I, I know. To keep going. I know. If you're out there and have a question or a comment, you can text us on that text line at 417-447-5743. Dustin, I hope you have a happy new year. You as well. Be safe out there. Make good choices. Bye.